Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance Podcast. My name is Bree, and today I am joined by the lovely Anne McIntosh. She is back. And thank you for joining me, especially while you're on vacay right now. So thank you for sharing some of your vacation time with me. You're very welcome. I'm always happy to talk to you guys. Thank you. So, okay, tell me how, I mean, you have a wonderful book out, you're on vacation. So I'm assuming life is good for you, but like, tell me how 2023 thus far overall has been. It's, I don't know. I'm I'm still processing a lot of it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very kind of emotionally driven. And, you know, I, I've changed editors at Harlequin. It's always rough when, when your editor moves on to greener pastures. Um, so there's been that. My my hubby's going to have some, he has to have knee surgery coming up. So that's another thing that's been kind of uh, a bit stressful. But, you know, frankly, the year has been pretty good. Why am I complaining? Well, except for the, the 120 degree weather in Florida <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> That'll give you a lot to complain about. That'll give you a lot. (laughs) But, you know, there's always air condition. There is. There is. You know, but everybody's like, go out, enjoy the summer. And it's like when you live in a southern state, you're like, yeah, no. (laughs) No. We'll go out and enjoy the winter. Yeah. (laughs) My local weather station, I have an app for them. And they're basically like, yeah, stay inside, stay hydrated. I'm like, oh, my gosh, my summer's just dwindling down. I know, right? <laughs> we are very lucky to have a, a swimming pool. And this is the time of year when we really, really use it. Yeah. I mean, I, I turn into an absolute prune. I'm just in there. <laughs> I'm like, honey, I think I should get out. I think my, my feet are starting to strip, but it's just so nice in here. Yeah. Well, you mentioned getting a new editor. So like when you get a new editor, does it feel like, I mean, obviously you're establishing a new relationship, building like all new rapport, but like, do you actually notice the differences? Like, you know, one editor would prefer things a certain way, or does it feel very much like you can tell that they've either worked together? Like, is it an easy trans transition? Not, not always. Um, This is the first change that I've had since I've been at Harlequin and I haven't handed in my my first book to her yet so I'm not sure how okay how she will um how her what her editing style is but I know in the past in other with other companies that I've worked with um normally what happens is that an editor reads your work and really loves it and so they're it's sort of like a already a built-in safety net if you know what I mean Mm -hmm. You, you know that this person really likes what you're doing so when they critique and when they give you feedback you know that they're doing it because they think that they can make certain parts of the book or certain elements of the book better when that person leaves and then you have somebody new it's sometimes it can be a difficult transition Um, I'm not not saying that this is going to be a difficult transition because I'd like to give my new editor all the opportunity in the world and I'm hoping that she's giving me all the opportunity in the world for us to be able to work together and she's been very understanding I've had to push back a deadline and she has been absolutely amazing about that and that's something that I think most writers I know I hate to do it so she was very understanding about what I was going through and and allowed me to to push back my 
my deadline. Yeah. yeah. And so that already endears her to me, you know. She didn't make a big deal out of it. She just said, I'm really sorry going through this stuff. Let me see what I can come up with. And she talked to the editorial staff. And that's the nice thing about working with a, a publisher as big as Harley Quinn. They have enough authors, I think, that they can do things like that. They can shuffle things around a little bit and not mess up the whole system. But it's not something that, as a writer, you want to take advantage of. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, I, I think editors obviously are such a huge part of the process, such an important part of the process. So, I yeah, I, I just appreciate you sharing that. I'm always like, what little business questions can we ask for any aspiring writers that they may not think of? And I think understanding that, like, your editor isn't always going to be the same is I think something we're like aware of, but you just don't think that it's going to happen that often. Cause exactly. you do hear those one-offs of people that are like, yeah, I had the same editor for like 15 years. And it's like, no, in some cases, like some editors do move on, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, there are so many different reasons why that happens in a, in a, a our world is mostly um, female driven, not all female driven but mostly female driven and a lot of the editors are younger women as well so it might be maternity leave it might be that they're marrying and they're moving somewhere else you know there are all of these different things that you have to remember can happen um and they deserve a life of their own right so if a better opportunity comes along I'm not going to begrudge them that at all um but it, it is for somebody, as I said, like me, I'm I'm very sort of emotionally driven when I'm when I'm working with people. That does tend to kind of set me on my heels, as they say, because I've gotten used to oh, my ex editor. She was amazing. She was lovely, uh, and I enjoyed working with her. So that kind of is a bit of a, you know, it kind of sets me back a little bit emotionally. But as I said, I, I'm definitely trying to to give my new editors all the benefit of the doubt possible. Yeah, she's going to be great. She's going to be great. We're rooting for you, new editor. <laughs> Congratulations on twin babies to reunite them. I really, really loved this book. So before I get into the questions, would you give us a quick summer? Like, how would you describe it to anyone who hasn't read it yet? It is probably the most trope heavy book I've ever written I was thinking about that last night and I was like okay so it's it's a Cinderella it is secret baby or surprise babies it is reunited love you know there's so much going on in this book it's like a a fake marriage between an actual married couple which I loved (laughs) I mean, in in a way, I mean, and and Doctor Sinai, I called her Sinai. Is that how how you pronounced it, or or no? I, I in my head, she's Sana. Okay, she to me, I'm like, well, she's kind of like billionaire. It's like a billionaire romance in a way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Kenzie is like this sort of Cinderella, reluctant Cinderella, mm-hmm. you know, character. So yeah, I was just I was laughing to myself last night. I said I should write this down. and then we have a competition between all all of the authors you know how many tropes can you get into a book (laughs) 
Were you aware that you like, okay, for, well, let me start here. How did the romance between the two of them come together, Dr. Amory and uh, Mackenzie? I started out, I wanted one of those sort of polar opposite couples when I decided I was going to put together this, um, the outline that I gave to my editor, which was eventually accepted. And of course, financial matters can be such a minefield in relationships. But then I wanted it that Sana kind of has that impulsive side to herself that she really tries to keep under wraps. Yeah. And Kenzie's yeah. the one who just sort of breaks through all of that. And, and she's like, you know, let's get married while they're in Las Vegas. Because, okay, it's corny, but people do it. People <laughs> you do know? It, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it started out with the sort of the polar opposite because Kenzie is very methodical because she has to be because of her background. And Sana has a lot more leeway because of her background. And that's sort of where I started with the whole the whole Vegas wedding thing. Okay. And then I was like, no, but could this relationship really actually work in real life? And I don't know, I don't know how much more you want me to say about it, but that was where it sort of where it began. Yeah, I think and in hearing you say that, having read the book, I think that is such a a big I mean, like, obviously, like when you're reading romance, you I, I personally I'm like, OK, I I love that feeling in the beginning of like these two people would never be together. And yeah. in the book, we we learn very quickly they already technically are together, but they've been separated for a while because of reasons. Um, and then the more that you introduce the conflict, it really is, I think, two people, well, especially Mackenzie from Mackenzie's point of view you get that uh, that that idea that like these are two people that just do not need to be together. Like her belief is like, I do not belong here. I do not belong with this person kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I'd love to hear you talk about writing both of them because I think uh, I loved Sana because I loved, uh, she really tried to maintain control. And I think it just came, it really came from a place of fear. <laughs> she yes. didn't want to yes. be hurt, but she's so strong. And then I love Mackenzie with like her cowboy boots and her just like a country girl vibe. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but she has she's pregnant and you there's a lot of conflict and situations going on with that. So can you talk about writing it, them individually? It was it was really an interesting experience. Sometimes as a writer, you find yourself writing characters that are very familiar to you because maybe you've already written something similar but I don't think I've ever really written two people quite like these two so as I'm as I'm writing I'm I was very aware of making sure that there's that push and pull that you know Sana's used to a certain standard of living and a certain way of doing things and she's learned that she needs to as you said be in control all the time Kenzie is more methodical because she wants to make sure that she does not end up having, you know, destroying her life, which she knows from experience can very easily happen. So there was always that sort of feeling of, okay, so what situation can I put these two in that is going to exacerbate these, these, these issues? And how can they both grow to recognize the fact that a lot of the stuff that they fear is not, it's not actually what they think they fear. It is 
on one hand, the loss of control, and, and on the other hand, it is um, the loss of independence, I think, was a big thing. It was it was a lot of fun, I have to say. It was a lot of fun. And it was also a lot of fun writing two women in a relationship. Yeah. Because because when when you write a man and a woman, you 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 always try to imbue the man with, you know, quote unquote masculine qualities or whatever, however you want to look at it. Um I've written male male romances in the in the past and I've I enjoyed that too because you know when you sort of put two men together one doesn't always have to be um feminine mm-hmm. if you understand what I mean for for it to be a, a relationship of two men and I think with the with the two women I hope that I did them both justice as women in love with each other does that make sense at all yeah you did you did yeah I think you did I think with one of the things that really bothered Mackenzie was there class difference? Was that an easy, like did when she kind of came to you, did you just, did you know that was going to be part of the conflict for her? Yes. Okay. Um, growing up in Jamaica, we have, we ha- have always had a class uh, issue. And I hope I don't get blowback from other Jamaicans for saying that, but it's the truth. We've always had a class issue. It's much better than it was when I was a young person. But again, um, when you leave your own milieu and you are put in with other people who have lived a totally different lifestyle to you, it can be very disorienting. It can be very almost debilitating. And I wanted to to show that, yes, sometimes it, it's difficult but it doesn't have to be a deal breaker. And I drew on the experiences of my youth in Jamaica. And even here in, you know, when I lived in Canada, uh, not so much. I haven't really experienced that very much down in, in America now that I live down in the States. But um, mainly because I, I, I'm localized there. I, I'm, not, I'm not moving around a lot recently. But yeah, I, I drew on that experience not just to write Mackenzie, but also to to get her through, get her over that hurdle in the relationship. Because let's face it, I mean, if uh, if somebody who doesn't have money, who is not driven by money, gets involved in a relationship with someone who has a great deal of money, there's always going to be that that push and pull, and that you know that having to get over the restrictions that you had in your life from before and also get over the feeling that, well, am I contributing at all to this relationship? Because we're so driven, you know, everything nowadays tends to be about money, mm-hmm. but it, but it, it shouldn't always be about money when you're, when you're in love or when you're getting married or when you're in a relationship with, with someone who has a different socioeconomic background from you. And I, I, I wanted to bring that out too. Yeah. One of the things I loved was like, when you're reading it, Sana doesn't like rub her wealth in Mackenzie's face. I don't, she doesn't even really realize, I think, that it bothers Mackenzie or that it just like makes her a little uncomfortable. And with Mackenzie, you know, I, I think a lot of, cause like, you know, billionaire romances are so popular and, and they are, they're so fun to read the fantasy of like somebody just, or even millionaire, whatever, just like being able to like 
wash away your problems with money. Yeah. And Mackenzie, get, she has that with Sana, but it it's almost like, and it felt very realistic, like coming from where she's come from, you really captured how that was uncomfortable for her. Like, I don't want you to just make everything go away with your money. And so you kind of right. see the push and pull of like Sana having to like wake up and realize how that bothers her. And also, you know, Mackenzie having to realize like she has no idea that this bothers me. Yeah. And also I, I made a concerted effort to have at some point that realization on Sana's part that, you know, yeah, I kind of was expecting that she would be grateful for this you right, know yeah and that's not that's not the reality of it so you know now I have to do a mental shift and <laughs> you know figure out how I'm gonna work through this because if you grow up with a lot of money it doesn't mean that it, it doesn't mean the same to you if you understand what I mean yeah yeah it, it can just be like oh yeah I, I want to do this I'm gonna do it um where the vast majority of us are not uh we don't have that ability you know so it it um and her generosity of spirit meant that she just wanted to just give Mackenzie whatever you know well we were chatting back when we were talking about like recording together and you said you were nervous about this one so talk to us about that like what were you nervous about why were you nervous it's always Okay, my, I, I told you this before when we spoke before. My mother read Harlequin mm-hmm. romances and Mills and Boone romances. The concept of having a same-sex romance on the shelf when she's gone, if she went to buy a book, would be unheard of in her day. And this, I think, if you don't count Karina, who, which has been doing you know same-sex romances all along, sort of from the beginning... I think this is the first um, lesbian romance published by Harlequin and, and Mills and Boone. I mean, mm-hmm. somebody can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. I know there are a couple more coming out later in the year, but I think this is the first one. And yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And so being the fir- being the first anything is is nerve wracking. But in particular, I think this is such an important thing to to do. I really wanted to do it well. And I really wanted it to be well received, although I know it won't be in, in every corner. I'm not naive enough to think that. But yeah, I was I was nervous about actually having that come out. Um just about how people would receive it and and how it would um how it would play, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. I can totally see both of them just coming to you, like you need to write our story and this is who we are. Was it that or was it the desire to like, I want to write a medical romance between two women? The the editorial staff came out and this was probably not last year, maybe the year before, and said that they were open to diverse stories, including same-sex relationships. And when they said that, I was so happy because I feel like it's long overdue, to be honest with you. Um and I immediately sat down and I did a couple of outlines, one, this one, and um, a male male 
romance mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sent them to my editor. And she came back and she said there they thought that there was another male male romance already in the works for the medical line. So would I develop uh, this this book? And I was I was just so thrilled to be honest with you. I, I'm just so happy to see the lines opening up in that way. You know, yeah. yes, we've, we've started, we're making strides with the diversity, the, you know, um, ethnic diversity and, and all of that. That's been going on for a while. But I think this is long overdue. And I'm, 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 I was scared, but I'm also thrilled to be the one that sort of kicked the, be the Kool-Aid man kicking down the door, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I just love seeing the beautiful, the cover with like two women of color, clearly yeah. like, you know, cover models, but like their embrace, like Mackenzie's smile, how some, you know, Sana's like kissing her cheek. Like, it's just, it's such a sweet cover. I love I the was, cover. I was very happy with the cover. I was very happy with the cover because I wanted it to be, you know, I didn't want one of those covers that when somebody reads it, they go, well, yeah, it was a good book, but the cover doesn't look anything like, you know, you know what, what I, I mean? imagined. Yeah. 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 No, I couldn't like unsee them. I was like, okay, the, these two women are Sana <laughs> and Mackenzie. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you working on now? Uh, I've, I don't know if you know, but in the past I've, I have developed a, a few stories set in a fictional Caribbean island. So I'm, and I love those because, of course, I'm from the Caribbean. So when I get a chance to do those, I get a chance to kind of create the ideal <laughs> the ideal living situation in the Caribbean. So I'm working on a, a book like that. But also I have a Christmas story coming out at the end of the year that's, I mean, already finished and done and dusted. Uh, the Nurses Holiday Swap. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and Can you tell us about it or, or no? Uh, yeah, well, I will, I will bust this out and tell you that the, the hero is pansexual. Okay. And the, the heroine is, is from Hawaii. Yeah. So I, it's a four book continuity set in a children's hospital in Boston. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love a medical continuity during the holidays. This is going to be so fun. They, and we have it all. We have dogs and, you know cute kids and the whole medical has been killing it in 2023 like every (laughs) month when I get on Harlequin's website I mean I don't even have to read I don't honestly I don't even read the summaries the covers alone I've been like okay y'all are just taking all my money (laughs) yes I need this one (laughs) I just need them all Well, I am so excited. I can't wait for the nurses holiday swap. Like I will be keeping my eye out for that. That's, that's so, I cannot wait. I love, and the thing about medical that I love about y'all's continuities is you don't make us wait. Like usually we'll get like two of them in one month, maybe the next two in the next month. Like sometimes you get them all at one time. Like I just love that we don't have to wait very long for those. I think this, I think this continuity, uh, it's two, two, I want to say two in October. October and two in November. Okay. Oh or two in November, God. two in December. Yeah. So it will be it will be good. Um I'll have to get like all four of you that wrote in the continuity on here together. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. <laughs> that would be so fun. We have uh Tracy Douglas, Ju- I think Juliet Highland. This is getting really fun. <laughs> okay. And I want to say Deanne 
Anders. I'm just looking it up real quick. Okay. Because I think that I think that is the um And so your are and so they're all holiday themed or no? Oh yeah. Oh um, my gosh. <laughs> but in different ways, in different ways. Uh Boston Christmas Miracles is what it's called. So oh it looks like yeah. So two in November, Juliet Highlands, Poppy on the thirty fourth ward, and my nurse's holiday swap. Those come out in November. And then The Surgeon's Christmas Baby by Deanne Anders and Home Alone with the Children's Doctor by Tracy Douglas. Oh my gosh. Yes. I got to get all four of y'all on. (laughs) We have to talk in December. So I've had time to read all four of the book. I can't wait. That would that I'm quite sure that would be a lot of fun. I know that would be a blast. I've been wanting to do something like that. So we'll have to do that. Tell everybody where they can keep up with you online. Uh, I am on Instagram. To be honest with you, I've I've kind of taken a step back from social media a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still I still keep up with. It's funny, you know, you you lose sight of people and then you get back in touch with them on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and then suddenly you're back in each other's lives so I enjoyed that aspect of of um of social media but to be honest with you I've not had a lot of time to do a lot on either Facebook or Instagram which are the two places that I'm I'm usually on um that's I hate okay to be you're that, living life so you're living life. I hate to be I hate to be that author but yeah <laughs> okay. if you're looking for constant updates from me you're not going to get them unfortunately <laughs> That's fine. Well, thank you for being here today. Everybody, you have to go get your copy of Twin Babies to reunite them. It's a gorgeous cover. It's a gorgeous, emotional book. Yes. And you're so right. With It's just, I was realizing it the past couple of days, like prepping for this. I was like, it is full of like so many delicious tropes. <laughs> and I don't think I forced realized it as I was reading it. I forgot the forced proximity part. Forced too, right? proximity, <laughs> surprise baby, reluctant Cinderella. I didn't even think of that one until you said it. Yes, it's so good. So <sighs> thank you, Anne. I can't wait to chat with you again. Thank you very much for having me on again. And you take care. <laughs>